Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gargao Podcast. I'm Nathan, aka the Gargao, and tonight is night 44 of 60 Days of Halloween. And unfortunately, Eric, aka the Chimerican, will not be able to be here tonight, which does mean that tonight's episode is probably going to be a lot shorter than the episodes that he and I do together. But I'm going to be continuing on with Matt Mercer's Fear of Being Eaten Alive week. And tonight, I'm going to be talking about Piranha from 1978. And just like all the other reviews that we've done, I'm going to talk about the movie in terms of what prior information did I have before viewing the film, what did I think of it from a technical standpoint, what did I think of it emotionally, how rewatchable is it, and who do I recommend the movie for. Alright, so prior information. Uh, even though I had seen bits and pieces of Piranha before, I hadn't actually seen it in its entirety before tonight. But I did know that Joe Dante was the director, and I love Joe Dante films. So just knowing that he was the director, I was expecting it to be maybe kind of campy and cheesy at times, but for there to be a pretty solid understanding in terms of what actually makes horror movies fun and enjoyable and just kind of all-around good movies. And that's pretty much what I got with this. So from a technical standpoint, Piranha is kind of bad. Like, it, it is a silly plot. Uh, there are some pretty major plot holes. Uh, the two main characters that you're supposed to be rooting for, the two protagonists, are the ones who set everything in motion from a stupid decision, which results in I don't know how many deaths and countless more people who are maimed by the Piranhas. The acting is okay at best. Uh, the uh, Some of the special effects are pretty cheesy, but it is 1978, so, you know, it's forgivable because of some of the technical limitations at the time. Uh, even though there are a lot of characters and you're supposed to care about these characters, there's not a ton of character development, so it's kind of hard to really be invested in them. And there are just a whole lot of problems with this movie. But... From an emotional standpoint, it's really, really fun. And this is one of those kinds of movies that, despite all of its technical flaws, it is still a really good and really enjoyable horror movie. Even though the plot is silly and there are some pretty major plot holes, that's actually kind of what gives it some of its charm. Like, it is, it, it's so outlandish that you kind of forget about the fact that it's a little silly and you just go along for the ride even though you don't really care about some of the characters because there's not a whole lot of character development, they're just kind of thrown into some situations, you still like actually really care about these characters and you still root for them, even though, again, the two protagonists are the ones who cause everything by such a stupid decision, you're still rooting for them to be the ones who fix everything. Uh, even though some of the graphics are kind of cheesy, some other times they're actually kind of terrifying scenes of the piranha attacking someone or attacking the boat. And <laughs> speaking of the piranha attacks, oh my goodness, this movie does not hold back on who is going to be attacked. And this might be a little bit of a spoiler. Okay, this is definitely a major spoiler, but it is also a 40-year-old movie. Um, and this is kind of a major, it's not so much a major plot point, but it is something that is big enough that for some people, this might be a deterrent for, uh, in terms of whether or not they would watch the movie. So I do feel like it is important to say now, man, that was a long ramble. Kids get attacked in this movie. Not just one or two, but like a lot of them. <laughs> so in, in a very rated R horror movie, there is lots of blood. There is not a lot, but there is definitely some nudity. There's swearing. Like there's definitely a lot to make this a rated R movie, even for the 70s. 
there are a lot of kids and a lot of the kids get attacked and I was not expecting that. I was expecting maybe one or two to like get their foot bitten a little bit. No, way more than that. Now they don't show quite as much gore with the kids as they do with some of the adults, but it was still kind of surprising. And and again, even though maybe some of the effects were kind of cheesy, like that scene was still a pretty emotionally raw scene because it's kids at a summer camp. And, you know, Eric and I started this entire 60 days of Halloween with our fears of being um, just parenting fears and fear of losing a kid. So if one of our kids was off at a summer camp and something happened to them, that is terrifying. So even though this isn't one of the movies, um, even though this wasn't one of the movies for my fear week, it still actually really plays into it. And, and again, Again, like that is just, I, I, I don't know, it, it really brought me into the movie. And some people might think that maybe it was just a, a cheap tactic to, uh, you know, to, to kind of shock people, but I don't think so. I don't think that in this instance it was just a, a, cheap, shock, a cheap shock tactic. I think that there actually was a little bit more in terms of um, there was a father and daughter uh, relationship and so the father was going to try to save his daughter and so when these kids get attacked it gives it a lot more of that emotional connection of oh no is he going to be able to save his daughter and and again even though I do think that the character development might have been a little weak like there was a a lot of of drive in terms of why he wanted to save everyone. Yeah, the whole, you know, like don't let the prana out to kill everyone, but he had a very personal reason for why he wanted to make sure that they were stopped and and it just gave it a little bit more investment. And when the kids started getting attacked, you didn't know whether or not his kid was going to make it through. So there was some uh, some emotional attachment during that scene. But maybe it was also just in there for shock value. I don't know. But for me, it did bring me in. It did get me more invested because, like I said, if my kid was away at a summer camp, man, I don't want anything happening to him. And and this movie played on the fear that I'm not going to be able to protect my kid. And I know that that's not the focus of this week, but that was my fear. And so that is definitely still playing on some of those fears. Uh, okay, let's see what else. Um, some of the dialogue was kind of cheesy, and <laughs> there was definitely some unintentional humor. But some of that unintentional humor is also part of what gives this movie its charm. And I don't feel like it's the kind of movie that you're supposed to watch and, and laugh at the entire way through. And, and I really hope that people don't laugh all the way through Piranha, because it is a really good, enjoyable horror movie. But some of that unintentional late 70s horror comedy, again, gives it some of its charm. And, and I keep saying charm because that's kind of what this movie is. It's not good, <laughs> but it's charming and kind of how cheesy it is. And, and again, I don't mean that in terms of like it is a laughably bad or it's like a, a giant shark versus croctopus or, you know, any of those intentionally bad sci-fi movies. Like, I think that this movie was intentionally made to be scary and it does elicit some real fears, you know, especially in terms of talking about it with fear of being eaten alive week. You know, yesterday when we were talking about Anaconda, it's one thing to uh, to be scared of being slowly digested, but kind of eaten all in one gulp. 
But, oh man, like the thought of your entire body getting eaten away by piranha and just nibbling and nibbling and nibbling, like that is just such a slow and painful and agonizing death, especially because, at least in this movie, almost everyone that was attacked was attacked feet up. So no one had a quick death. It was all slow and they felt all of the pain and, ugh. Like, that's, that's actually pretty terrifying and kind of creepy to think of. And this movie did a great job of eliciting that fear. Even though some of the piranha attacks in terms of, like, what you saw looked kind of cheesy, and at times it looked like someone just, like, holding a fish and shaking it, it was still visceral enough, and there was still enough blood shown in the water that it did make me actually not squeamish, but it did make me really think about how painful and agonizing of a death it would be to be eaten alive by Piranha. So, I feel like this movie accomplished what it set out to do. I guess. I, I don't know. But, either way, I had fun. <laughs> it, it definitely had some shortcomings. It had a lot of shortcomings. But, such a fun and such a good movie, and I absolutely loved it. So, how rewatchable is Piranha? Piranha is super rewatchable. Like, it was so much fun that I could almost rewatch it immediately. And uh, again, even with all of the technical shortcomings, who cares? I had a blast watching Piranha. And part of the reason for movies is entertainment. You know, I definitely enjoy the analysis side of it, and I definitely, you know, diving in for that deeper meaning, but sometimes it's just for enjoyment. And Piranha was such, such an enjoyable movie in a very, well, enjoyable if you like horror movies. Uh, but, but yeah, it was just such an enjoyable experience that I really could watch it immediately. So there's that. All right, so who do I recommend this movie for? I mean, just about anyone who is a fan of horror. And I know that I've said that about a lot of the movies that Eric and I have talked about over the last month and a half, but I, I, I mean it again. Like, it is just such a fun movie that if you enjoy horror, and actually, let me step, at, step that back. Anyone who can enjoy horror without taking it too seriously. Anyone who can enjoy a movie that sometimes is a little bit silly. Anyone who can appreciate some of the technical shortcomings and who can get past some of that to just enjoy the movie for what it is. Anyone who... I, I don't know. Anyone who enjoys late 70s creature features. But, but yeah, you have to be able to not take the movie too seriously and just enjoy it for the entertainment that it is. So anyone like that who also enjoys horror movies, that's who I recommend Piranha for. Um, I, I think that I mentioned this earlier, but there is definitely some nudity. There is a lot of blood. Um, you don't really see a whole lot in terms of what's actually happening during the attacks, but you definitely see a lot of what happens after the attacks. So it's not super high on the gore level, but there are definitely a few scenes that are pretty creepy. So this movie is definitely not for kids. And if you're wondering whether or not you should let your, oh, I don't know, like 12-year-old watch this movie, I would probably say no. You know, it might be a little bit much uh, for what they are right now. It's not going to scare them to the point of not being able to sleep. 
but it might show them some things that you're not ready for them to see. Um, so again, there there's nudity, there's blood, there's some gore, there's swearing, there's bad acting. So, you know, definitely not for everyone. But if you can get past all of that, if you can enjoy it in spite of uh, its technical shortcomings, then this movie is just an absolute blast. Um, if, if you are an adult who enjoys Gremlins, this movie might be for you. If you are a kid who enjoys Gremlins, this movie is not for you. Again, definitely a lot more mature than Gremlins. All right, so that has been a whole lot of rambling, but the long and short of it is Piranha, a lot of technical shortcomings, but emotionally just so much fun. Such a good movie, and I recommend it for anyone who just wants to have a fun time watching a horror movie. Insanely rewatchable. Again, could rewatch it right now. All right. I know that was a relatively short review, but I'm fairly certain that we're going to spend a little bit more time actually going through this movie during the analysis episode. Again, because it was just so much fun that this is definitely the kind of movie that that it's not only fun to watch, it's fun to talk about with other people who have seen it. Uh, so I'm sure that you're going to get a little bit more, uh, a little bit more content in the analysis episode about Piranha. But in the meantime, make sure to come back tomorrow as Eric and I continue on with Matt Mercer's Fear of Being Eaten Alive Week with Day of the Dead. Uh, and in the meantime, you can follow me on Facebook at The Gargoyle Podcast, on Instagram at The Gargoyle Podcast, on Twitter at Gargoyle Podcast, and on Letterboxd at The Gargoyle. You can find Eric on Twitter at The Chimerican, on Instagram at Chimerican Reviews, and on Letterboxd at Eric J, that's J-A-Y. And if you enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes in our 60 Days of Halloween, be sure to subscribe to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Anchor.fm. And if you are enjoying these episodes, then let us know. Let us know what scares you, what movies you would put in a week devoted to your fear, and what palate cleanser you would include at the end of the week. And if you enjoy watching horror movies, there's only a couple of weeks left till Halloween, but there is a whole lot of horror-y goodness happening in Southeast Tennessee. The Frightening Ass Film Fest is in Chattanooga, October 27th and 28th, and it is an amazing horror film fest. It's got a great lineup. I've been the last few years, and it is definitely, definitely a blast, so I highly recommend uh, going to Frightening Ass Film Fest. Knoxville Horror Film Fest in Knoxville, obviously, is October 18th through 21st, and it is also an amazing horror film fest. Been the last few years to that one as well. So much fun. Always a great lineup. They've got another great lineup this year. I cannot wait for that. Uh, And if you can't make it out to the Knoxville Horror Film Fest, then at least make it out to Central Cinema, which is part of where Knoxville Horror Film Fest is going to be taking place. And it's run by the same people who put on the film fest. Um, But they've got horror movies playing all month long during October. Such an amazing lineup every single day, every single week. So go support Central Cinema fantastic people who run that theater putting on some fantastic movies and even here in cleveland the uh, cleveland bradley county public library is playing a horror movie every wednesday in october Uh, october 17th is going to be lost boys and then october 24th is dracula untold 
And $5 Film Podcast and the Gargoyle Podcast have teamed up to bring you family-friendly Fright Nights, and the next one is going to be October 19th. That's going to be The Gremlins, another Joe Dante film. And then October 26th is going to be one of the best horror movies of all time, The Monster Squad. Uh, It's $5 for entrance to the movie, $5 for all-you-can-eat tacos, and then afterwards, Rob and I from $5 Film Podcast uh, are going to spend a little bit of time talking about the movie, uh, just interacting with people um, who are there. So show up to that if you enjoy movies or if you enjoy talking about movies. It's going to be an absolute blast. That takes place at the venue Creekside. And if you can't make it out to any of those events, then at least put together a movie night for you and your friends. Uh, Put together a a double feature of horror movies. Have a horror game night. Just do something to enjoy these, these last few weeks leading up to Halloween. And if you need any recommendations for what to watch, if you do put together a movie night, uh, feel free to reach out to myself or to Eric or to any of the people that we've had on this podcast. Um, We will all be absolutely glad to provide some recommendations or, you know, just listen back to the episodes that we've done over the last 43 days. And I'm sure there will be something in there that you like. But, But yeah. Feel free to reach out to us, and we will be glad to provide some recommendations on what horror movies we think uh, are just a lot of fun to play with a group of friends. All right, so with all of that rambling, that's been it for this episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, aka the Gargoyle, and as always, you can find me where geekery and horror movies abound. <laughs>